take a deep breath and continue on with this sermon. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that on Sunday evenings we can just sit here, relax, and know that you are God. Thank you for the beautiful stories of, <clears throat> of saints, of you showing yourself to us, and you helping us in our daily lives. I pray that you will bless each one of us with your kindness, your love, your grace, your peace. And may we be willing to put our lives at your feet to once again tonight just realize who you are and what your heart's desire is for us. Amen. So we don't have the mic um, to, tonight. Uh, Paul would have come set up for the last time. For those who don't know, Paul Bortner, uh, he had his last... Uh, official third place last week last morning because he's now immigrating to Canada so yeah and it's his birthday today so I'm sure there's a lot of family and whatsoever so if Yaku you you cannot hear me because I'm talking too softly please uh, move to the front please take your mercy off your ears yeah? uh, just let me know okay so we've been talking about the kings and we had did a little bit of intro of where this all started where israel started having the desire for a king i went to samuel and they said we have a desire to have a king and god took a little bit of offense about this because in a sense god was their king and i think the more bigger offense about this reality is that what did what was the greatest gift god gave israel from the egypt days freedom and as god said you know what samuel it's fine i will listen to the people we will give them a king but remind them what they are choosing so saul got anointed uh big handsome bloke uh, and let's just be honest have you ever watched the movie where the king isn't like handsome or at least powerful or big nee? he's never shorter than somebody else standing next to him or somebody speaking to him. they're always on a chair or higher than those that are with them right so it makes sense that the king should be a tall handsome bloke and as we know Saul was blown away by this he never knew that this will happen to him and he was from the tribe Benjamin Benjamin and I'm not sure somewhere in some prophet uh, book uh, and you would probably know Benjamin the, they had a like a Sodom and Gomorrah woman you know so they weren't a really fabulous tribe no? well they were with um, they were they were Jacob's Benjamin was Jacob's second favorite son. Yeah. Um, along with Joseph, because they were the only kids that Rachel had. Yeah. So they were the smallest tribe, 
So they, they weren't big, but they were very high up in status yeah. up until that point. So this tribe gets chosen as the tribe where the leader will come from, which is Saul. And he becomes the king. So here's a very important thing. What is one of the first things a king does? He rounds up his troops. Because a kingdom needs to be protected, right? So the first act, and this is what Samuel warned them, knowing that be warned, you will fall under his rule, meaning that you will be entrapped into his way of ruling. So there's never been like a war, there's never been, well there's been wars, but there's never been a structural reality like for a moment just think um, you can do your service, right? Some countries you can do it by choice, other countries you have to do it. We all need soldiers and whatsoever to protect ourselves or to fall to fill in the idealism, uh, ideology of knowing that we need an army to protect our country. So this is one of the first realities that work. And if I remember right, he summarized each tribe needed to give their young and strong uh, around about 300,000 troops. So now we all know uh, from stories we've maybe seen or documentaries, I'm always reminded about this. It's like when you're 18 or 19, you have this adventure spirit in you to be part of some form of army or whatsoever, especially as a young man. You know, you want to go there. And I'm always uh, reminded about stories of second world war and even now uh, the war that went off in iraq and anybody who has been part of war is that they never come back the same it's like today we call it post-traumatic stress but they are never the same so just for a moment they realize that you have lost your freedom by saying you want a king now, tonight we're not digging as much into the king's life or something, but I want to stick with just this reality of what's starting to happen to Israel. Because one of the biggest ways also of a community or a, um, a tribe or a city or nation needs to contribute is tax. So all of these things start playing a deeper and deeper role in their lives. So where it looked romantic, it wasn't so romantic at all. Now, something I've been playing with in my mind and in my heart as I've been reading and so on is just to go a little bit further back. If we think about... Adam and Eve, the story around Adam and Eve. What did they have that no one ever had? This complete freedom. What is the thing that they gave away? Their freedom. Right? And then it was a little bit messy and whatsoever. I always laugh when I read this story because I always remember this one guy saying, 
he just doesn't understand why they had to eat the fruit when they could have made a nice love boat crocodiles won't eat them and they can just have like a picnic on them somewhere whatsoever now i had a great time and then they had to eat something they were not allowed to eat but the metaphor around this brings up the reality that it's like somewhere in human nature we have this longing to break freedom because have you ever after a long year of working and you know just going through it then in the first three days it's like you don't know what to do with yourself when you're on holiday. It feels weird. And then you just maybe stand up and you go and do something or whatsoever. It takes a few days to get into that. And then it just takes over because when you have to start working again, it's like, oh, yeah. And it's the same story here with Israel. If you think about it, God gave them their freedom back. It's like God is continuously bringing people back to their freedom. Now Adam and Eve maybe struggled and then afterwards God still helped them by making clothes for them. And then the story continued on from that. Same with Israel. They were in bondage by Egypt. They had no way out. They had forgotten what it was to be free. It's like, it's like the title say, they had forgotten the good old days. And then they begged God free them and then he answers their prayer and they are broken out free out of slavery and they move through the um, 40 years through the desert and whatsoever but one thing they had was freedom no physical human being ruled over them it was only the prophet that was the one Telling the nation, this is what God's heart and desire is for us. And, and the beautiful thing about that is, is have you ever, ever read a king's story where if he wrote the Ten Commandments, that he will start off, you need to? What's the first one? What's the first commandment, guys? Love your God. Just, he just says, just love me. And then as we know, the story goes on and, and there was more, more wrote. But the second one is, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. So, and those are, as, as Jesus' teachings has told us later on, those are the most important. Well, to start off at least, to try. So, imagine you are... I'm telling you today, that's all you need to do for the rest of your life. How weird, maybe in a sense, that would be, but also how great it would be. And so Israel gets broken out of their slavery. They continue on with God as their king. And then they ask, they, actually they ask their king to choose a human to rule over them once again. It's like a booby trap. You know, we all live in. We, we fall back into that circle where we say, okay, but I've been, well, we've been hearing God's voice through Samuel and Son, but we now need somebody that we can see and feel and to become our king as the other nations also have kings that rule over them. 
It's like we, we have that desire in our own lives as well. We need to see, we need to feel, uh, and we need to be part of. Um, imagine as an Israelite before the first king trying to explain to a foreign citizen, yeah, yeah, God is our king. Yes, yes, but where does he sit? No, no, no. <laughs> He's everywhere. He's but yeah, I understand it, but where's the throne? Where? And it's like a confusing conversation, right? And then we go on with the story of Saul, where Saul is anointed. And as, as Han uh, read to us last week, you know, actually just before Samuel told everybody, you know, Saul hid himself. Long Tong, handsome guy, hiding behind a few things, uh, yet everybody, uh, God knew where he was, said, there he is. Uh, and he hid himself from this reality, knowing maybe what is going to become of his life, of who he is. Maybe in that he was scared because he knew, in effect, that maybe we are making the wrong choice. You won't read this somewhere, but have you ever seen somebody make a choice and then you knew it was the wrong one? And, and this is what happens, is like you will never know that you've made the wrong choice in s at the moment when you feel the consequences of it. I'm trying to think of a good example here. So, like your mom. Your mom will tell you there's some things in life you can do and there's some things you can't do. So like when you may be in primary school, your grade three or so on, she said, don't jump off the roof because you'll break a leg. <laughs> and then you tell her, but I can jump off the roof. So I know you can jump off the roof, but if you jump off the roof, you will break a leg. And then you jump off and you break your leg and your mom was right. And then you have to have hips you know, for six weeks, uh, which is cool for a week. <laughs> yeah, because everybody draws on it. Uh, but then after a week, it actually starts to itch and becomes a discomfort. Now that is exactly what happens in our hearts as well when we make wrong choices. Now I'm going to stop there and I'll, I'll leave on to continue on into the next scheme. But for me, this is crazy important for our lives today as well when it comes to the reality of freedom. Because I believe God has entrusted us with that freedom once again through Jesus. Jesus is known as King of Kings. Isn't it ironic that maybe in this the Messiah will be called King of Kings? And isn't it amazing to think, just for me, just let the story run with you. It's just, this, this blows my mind away. If, if you think of the King of Kings, who is he? God became man. God gave us the King we can see, we can feel, and we can hear. But we can't be. But we can't be, you know, true. But he is the king of kings, knowing that he makes 
He is the ruler of them all. And if you think of a king, what does a king do? What we've read now, he actually captures your your lifestyle or whatsoever. And then Jesus came, he's the king of kings, but he is also the one that set us free. So here the metaphor here coming through once again about the beautiful heart of God. Because he cannot ask us to love him if he does not love us. For a moment, yeah, it's like when I was reading this and I was going through this, it just didn't make sense because it's impossible for God to break his promise. It's impossible for God to say, I'm done. I'm over it. God said, you know what, when it came to the story of, of the Messiah, they all expected what? A king that will put them back on top of the food chain. Via violence, most probably. And rip off all these um, uh, Gentiles' heads and their gods' heads. And just once again, the Jews will be on top and we will be free. But God had different plans. He said, I am not only going to free you, I'm going to free everybody. So as we continue on, and you think about the beauty of freedom, our lives also go into crazy turmoils. There's times I know myself where I just sit back and I was like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> like, that was most probably the unholiest gospel thing you can ever do. In that moment of backpackness, ducks. <laughs> in my moment of ducks. And then I just sit back and I try to take a deep breath because it doesn't make sense that God says it's okay. Because he already knows what I've done, I know, is wrong. And he says, it's okay. Because I'm continuously making you free of who you are. Because it's a bondage that everybody is struggling with from the beginning of the stories of where people are starting to write or wrote about their relationship with me. We wouldn't have needed God if we were not free, right? And in our daily life, where you maybe struggle or you feel captive. Now, this can be in any form. We maybe have formed addiction around needs. Like a phone. I'm just going to use this as a simple example. But um, where is your phone at the moment? Just feel if it's still there, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah, how many times a day do we do that? <laughs> Right, even knowing that it's there. And then how many times have your phone vibrated when a message came through and it actually there was no message? And then you felt it vibrating and then you check your phone and it's like, but nothing happened. And, and just for a moment here, it's, it's a simple way, but sometimes it's difficult for us to put it away completely. And this is a simple example, but there's many things, maybe in your life, that you cannot put away completely. So like for me, when it comes to diet, right? 
It's not the way you eat. That's how it's been portrayed. Eat this and you will be thinner. Like I, I guess I had a good laugh. Oh, every now and again my wife will like tag me in a wooden post where there's something like she thinks we should buy. Maybe it's an old window frame or something like that. And then I'll, and then I'll tell them that you're, you're off near. And then you go through these and it's like, do you want to lose weight? 5 to 10 kilograms, uh, kilograms in the next 8 to 12 weeks. Just take this pill. Now in the next week, what do you mean 8 to 12 weeks? Well, it was okay. a little bit more honest, I think. Okay. You know, so, <laughs> it's like, they, yeah. And this off a little quack, quack, quack. And then it's about a quick fix. And then when I always tell people when it comes to eating right, it's about changing your life. That is the most difficult thing you can do. Because it, needs, it means that you need to break habits. It's about our spiritual life as well. You need to break a habit to pray more. Because it takes time. Or to maybe read your Bible every now and again because you don't know if you have time. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that you need to break a habit when it comes to eating because we're all used to that. But it also is a reality that you need to make a habit of maybe breaking the way you think and talk about other people. And every time that you struggle with that, the beauty of it is that you will remind this for this week and I pray for the rest of your life. Who is the King of Kings? Who is He? Jesus. What did He do? It's like, this is like a communication thing. Eh? He set us free. And what will we do? We will try our best to break the habits that keeps us bonded. That's what we will try and do. Because God won't stop bringing freedom into your life if you allow Him to. And God will create opportunities for you to practice that. And even if you fail, to retry and retry and retry. Because we all know what is right and what is wrong. And my question would be, which I always ask myself is, am I willing to make that my lifestyle, not my diet? <clears throat> I want to end up with the story. I had a very emotional Monday and Tuesday. Um, I was part of a, a, I was, listen to my word, Part of this amazing CrossFit box close to our home um, in Queenswood. And they have this beautiful space. And then every morning at 6 to 7, I'll go exercise. And most of the time, I'm alone because it is like next to a rugby field. So it's probably between 3 and 7 degrees. But it's the only time I have. And they cancelled that class because they said there weren't enough attendees. 
So usually when we're a lot, we are three, maybe four people, but most of the time it's only me. And I messaged the coach, just telling him, I cannot understand why you will cancel it. And then he wrote this long message on the group where he said, I know, guys, this is a tough, uh, change is hard. Um, um, don't worry, we'll maybe revise these times in September, you know, when it's warmer. And that's where I quacked a little bit, you know. Because I, I knew it wasn't important enough for him to be there for me at 6 a.m. It was more effort for him to put on three layers of clothes when, while I'm in my shorts and my, uh, my because it's really warm when you exercise. <clears throat> it wasn't good enough for him to do that. Even though I'm paying him to do it. <laughs> and then I just sat back relaxed and he wrote me a personal message saying ah, I'm so sorry you can't exercise with us anymore hopefully in the future something like that and then I'm sure there's a middle finger emoji now eh? yes of course yeah 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 <clears throat> I wanted to send, send him different colors <laughs> of the middle finger emoji just uh, to express how I think how he has dropped me and coming back to the story of Jesus, coming back to realities, human beings, even myself, I've dropped people as well. We will make those mistakes. And then when you have to remind yourself, but the King of Kings has set us free. And we will try again. So when I do see him again in the streets or whatever, I will greet him. And I will love him as I love my God. Crazy, eh? That's I mean, cool. I will hopefully be able, if he stands in front of me, he doesn't need to ask it. Because Jesus doesn't tell me, say sorry every now and again. He just tells me, try again and again and again and I will see it for your deeds. So I, because I'm waiting for an excuse from him, but I'm never going to get it. And that's not how the gospel works as well. God is not standing there waiting for you to every day just say, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's just saying there, change it, change it, change it, change it, and you will be free. Do not choose a king, choose me. I'm going to pray for us. There's some more coffee. <laughs> And then, uh, good luck with your week, guys. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can just for a moment, once again, realize the beauty of your story. That sometimes we are reminded through the times that we struggle and we make mistakes. That we once again realize that that's why we need you. We are not perfect. But yet we have a desire to change our lives, to serve you and to serve others. May we all be reminded about you setting us free. And may our lives represent that wherever we go. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Mika, I was just thinking, um, and I don't care if this 